Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are going to be discussing firefighting. So with that, let's start the show. So Sean, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, firefighting, specifically in the business environment. And so I guess the first thing we should talk about is is exactly what do we mean by firefighting? What what uh, what is firefighting in the business environment? Do you have a definition that you'd go by? What I usually think of uh, firefighting as is um, you know something outside the normal flow of your of your procedures and process. Mm-hmm. You know if 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 in the perfect world you're operating on a schedule with yep. all your projects or whatever you're doing on a schedule and then something interrupts that or, or causes you to come off that schedule now you're kind of in a firefighting mode so deviations from yes. from what would be considered maybe best practice not necessarily uh your processes because your processes might not even be that good well yeah i know so, like i said it, you know in the best of all worlds you were on schedule and you had good processes things like that right? right i mean there might be a little bit of firefighting in in everyone's business um it's a matter of it's a matter of how you handle it and how often it happens as to whether you address it in a larger um, project you know business process project so you know when I think of firefighting, I do kind of think of two different uh, avenues in which firefighting can happen. Uh, one of them coming from the customer, and one of them just happening internally. Right. You know, I think if they come from the customer, uh, I think that firefighting could have some sort of level of acceptance. Maybe, don't know. Well, I mean, are you are you ready for it? For one, and, and yes, the customer could cause you to have to firefight to to scramble because they they all of a sudden either need something faster or they need more scope and they can't they can't accept the delay in the schedule. So now you're in a mode where you don't want to disappoint this customer, but the thing is, you don't want to disappoint other customers by pulling resources from those activities and applying them to now this one customer that has that has uh, something that needs to be done you know, on an expedited basis, just say. So I think the one that's more detrimental is probably the firefighting that happens just internally. Well, yeah. You know, the, the, the firefighting that almost comes natural and you're okay with it. Well, yeah, I, you shouldn't be okay with it. The thing is, people allow allow jobs, schedules, suppliers to, to get behind. Mm-hmm. And, and I say it that way. People allow allow this to happen. And once once that is allowed to happen, well, then when, whether it's the project manager or the program manager, somebody wakes up and says, oh, we're, we're not going to make what we committed to, well, now you're in a firefighting mode, and it's self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted. Okay. Uh, every, every schedule that you have should have some kind of float, right? We can talk about project management 101 and sure. building, a, building a schedule and sure. things like that, but... but Really, anything that you do has a schedule to it, whether you have a formal schedule or not. You, you shove a schedule and you understand what kind of float is in there. And if that float gets eaten up and not and it's not managed well, well, then you're going to be in a firefighting mode because, again, you don't want to disappoint a customer now that had nothing to do with your inability to get the job done according to the schedule that you committed to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that, is, that is painful if, um, you know, it happens internally. So... So thinking about some examples of firefighting, 
um, if you think about the whole um, value stream, you know, from sales all the way up to uh, going through engineering, out to manufacturing, uh, you know, and shipping the process out, I can think of many examples in each of those areas where where firefighting happens and can cause uh, the whole process to either be difficult or fall apart. You know, an example, let's say in engineering where people will walk up after the fact and ask you to redesign something that's different than what you were given as far as scope. Mm -hmm. That's a fine example of, mm -hmm. of firefighting because, again, in our definition, firefighting is when you're straying from the plan. Right. You know, uh, if you think about inventory, people pulling things after the fact. If you think about production, people going out on the production floor and redesigning something. That's firefighting, you know, uh, and, and whether those are internally driven or externally driven makes it hard for you to get your business done. But if they're internally driven, that's even worse because at least externally, hopefully you have a chance of charging your customer, getting something for it, getting yes. something for it, time and, and time and money, hopefully. And that, and that could be a win-win situation. That could if, be. If, yeah. you, if you're able to, you know, overcome what they request mm -hmm. and, fulfill their need and you're the hero then and you know what there could be many more orders down the line just because you can you you did it yeah now the thing that you don't want to have happen is that turn into the norm it, exactly yes uh now you've set a precedent well you of set some sort of, of being able to get something done and that's that's where communication it's a dual-edged sword right but that's yeah. where communication is key and and where the the leader is in this process and how that leader is communicating with the customer as to what's being done and, and how it's being done to support them. So how do you recognize a, a firefighting environment? I mean, when you're, when you're in the environment, how can you tell if you're the type of environment that is just constantly in a firefighting mode and that you're okay with it? How do you recognize that? Well, I mean, I think you recognize it by whatever, whatever, normal meetings you have now everybody hates meetings i even hate to bring up meetings but when you're in meetings and and you find and you see that that there are are always and always is a big word when there are um, projects or jobs or issues that come up that fulfill you know this definition of of outside the normal process as mm -hmm. as uh, you know firefighting as it's called um, when that's when that's happening during during weekly meetings whoever's running that meeting should raise a flag and say, listen, this is not the way we need to operate because it's inefficient. Right. You expect it to be inefficient because you're not set up to always scramble to meet the needs, whether they're internally caused or externally caused. So I think we can both agree that um, firefighting shouldn't be the norm. It should, and it hurts your organization. Yeah. I mean, I think that if, if you're constantly firefighting, then you should be an organization that is looking for ways to create flow. Right. And I, you, know, you know, that's a, a word that comes from the, the lean um, uh, groups. Uh, you want your process and your product to flow. And usually, firefighting and flow don't go together. Exactly. Yeah, there is, there <laughs> so is there, that there's, and that's another way of being able to tell whether you're in a firefighting mode. But, but, uh, do, actually, firefighting uh, can hurt your organization just from things like satisfying your customer. Well, yeah, um, and, and internally, uh, one of the things that I've seen in the past is just 
people take things personally when everybody's under the gun and, yeah. and uh, you know, things might get said where, hey, you need to do this and there might be a disagreement as to, you know, what order things have to be done in because there's other customers that need to be tended to. So, so. Well, uh, and I think also, be- I think also if you're one of the employees within the organization that's adding value, it's hard to redo it again, you know, thinking that you did it right the first time, and now because of some firefighting, you're redoing it a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes here employees say, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Why couldn't we get it right the first time? Right. You hear right. that all because the time. That, yeah, that's, you know, job satisfaction and, and, you know, career value, like you say, the the value that they have in their career. They, they would like to move on and create value for another customer rather sure. than rather than doing it twice. Right. Um, so yeah, the the ultimate result of firefighting is is a a constraint in the in the culture, um, the flow of communication and the collaboration that happens, you know, on an, on the normal everyday uh, happening of other jobs. Right. If, if you're always firefighting, so. So I think we've talked about how to recognize it, but preventing it. Now, I, think I, I always go back to uh, you know planning, and, yeah. and you know I, I think you can't plan for everything. I I understand that. Yeah. But I think as you know, from t- taking it from the leadership side of of a business, it's incumbent upon you to sit back every now and again and and do mental gymnastics. Okay. Well, I was in the in the Navy. The officers would sit sit around, um, and I wasn't one. I had backbone. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, military. <laughs> well, good job, enlisted guys. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, uh, they would sit around and, and they would do mental gymnastics, which I did take from them after I got out. And and you just sit back and you think about you know risks, processes, what could go wrong. So let's 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 plan on. Not having firefights, okay? So you could just write down a list and you could talk about some of the things that could happen, like like customers causing it, you know, a key person in your organization leaving, mm-hmm. you know, getting hit by the... The beer truck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I probably drink more beer than you, and I, you, I, would, I would normally say bus, but anyway. The beer anyway. truck's a bad thing. <laughs> oh, I love the beer truck. Anyway, we're getting off the rails here. It is holiday time, so anyway... Um, so yeah, for one of those, if, if somebody leaves, if somebody leaves now, you know, you have to pick up the, the job that they're doing. If they leave, you know, immediately, hopefully for not for some, you know, critical injury or something like that, but they, they sure. find another job, you know, they're, they're going to move on. They're going to do their, they're going to do their part. They were a critical person in the organization. They're going to do their part by turning over the information that they know, but now who are they turning it over to? If they, if they were a full-time employee doing that job. You don't have anybody to just step right in because mm-hmm. everybody is in that position. You would right. think if you're running as lean and and thin as most companies run now, sure. Um, you know, so to be competitive. Is, yeah. So what you know, yeah. What is what is the reaction? I mean, that's talking about succession planning. Succession planning is is one thing, and typically you do it for you know upper management, but for say a product manager, a project manager, a sales key salesperson. Yeah. You know, who who are those people? Um, going to be that are going to fill that role and do the job that they already have. So, yeah, you know, so they, they, these are these are things that I think if you planned ahead, you would get you would you would achieve the eighty twenty rule. You would you would do well. I would I would expect in eighty percent of the t- 
times that you got to firefight. So one of the things you brought up there in preventing firefighting was risk and, uh, you know, calling it risk mitigation. Um, I think that that is extremely important, especially if you're doing it as far up in the process as possible. Um, at, at the beginning is where I would prefer it. Um, one of the tools that, you know, continuous improvement or lean environments talk about using in mitigating risk is failure modes and effects analysis. Mm -hmm. How many of us are actually doing a failure modes and effects at the point of which we uh, sell a product or at least engineer a product. Mm-hmm. That's a planning and tool. And it's a planning right. tool. Right. Um, you know, and of course, we, we the basic planning tools of, you know, Gantt charts and schedules and things like that's another part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, capacity, understanding your capacity is another part of it. Um, but you do have people in your environment that they are okay with being a firefighter. And and they're good at it. They well, almost have have created a career around being a fighter, f- firefighter. And quite honestly, at one point in my career, I was one of those type of people that was okay with you know coming in and saving the day later in the process. And 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 I do think that that's a not a good place to be overall. But but no. they do exist. Well, and and I would I would argue the fact that those type of people mm-hmm. are. Are short-sighted people. Not I saying, would agree. No, wear, I, no, I understand. You wear, you wear glasses, okay. I don't know if you're far-sighted or nearsighted, but anyway, <clears throat> I've seen the light, though. You've seen the light. I've seen Those the light. Those are short-sighted people. I would agree. Um, we there's 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 a topic of discussion that we'll pick up at some point on on uh, time span. What kind of time span people have? Oh yes, right? their vision. Their vision. Yes, and 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 I think firefighters have a very short vision. They they can come in. And they have good ideas, and they're typically, you know, A-type personalities. Mm-hmm. They can come in and say, "You do this, you do this, you do that." Well, that's fine for the moment. Right. But what if those people are not uh, managed? What's going to happen then to the other areas of the business? You're right, because if they're stopping right there. Yeah then they're not doing anything to move the business forward. Exactly. They're not helping to solve it the next time around. You know, most of those people are your creative types, you know, the people that uh, like to create on the fly, like to solve problems on the fly. I think they're a lot your mm-hmm. type A personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're good at going out on the shop floor and solving a problem or identifying a problem or changing something. Right. You know, on the fly, but if, and to them that's okay. Yeah, but but the thing is, you have to manage that. And and I know at, at one point I had an example of a big job mm-hmm. that went south. Yeah, person directed all other jobs to stop. Basically, all other jobs to stop. Put all your resources to this job. Get it going. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, the thing is, when you have somebody like that, and they they say that. The, the repercussions on those other jobs have to be have to be understood, and unfortunately, in this one particular case, we knew what jobs are going to be affected and assigned people to go talk to customers mm-hmm. about whether you know they would be accepting of maybe a little delay or or uh, something different about their project. And um, some customers were amicable because they didn't need it in time, and and you just get lucky that way. Other customers said absolutely not. Well. Then you have a battle of whose customer is more important, right? Okay, so you have to you have to figure that out, and then once you figure that out, you have to figure out whether 
if it's self-inflicted, this this um, firefight that you're doing, whether you've got to invest dollars to make up for it by bringing in temporary work, new equipment, things like that. Right. And uh, everybody's got to be on the same page because after the firefight is over and you do the assessment of the job, Yes. oh, how many people are going to be... Hey, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my problem. Okay, so it's it's kind of... Half the room. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the thing is, it, it, that's why you should go into these things understanding what has to be done. Right. People need, people need to, to commit to what they're going to do on this new project that has to be fought quickly, mm-hmm. okay? The, the firefight that you're getting into, and then, and then ask them one step down the line, okay, well, how does that affect the jobs that you're working on now? And then how do you get some relief whether it's other people helping you do smaller tasks or the customer, the customer allowing for a delay in the schedule, and then who makes that call? Right. Who makes that call? Is it the is it the VP of the organization that that says, hey, you know, we'd like to know if you can handle this equipment a little bit later, or is it the salesperson that's got the relationship? You know, it all depends on what kind of organization you are as to who maintains that relationship. And I don't want to get off topic too much because you could go down a rabbit trail here. The thing, you know, as we're talking, we, we want people to understand what you don't want is whoever is making that call, don't sell the company down the river saying, oh, my gosh, we right. screwed up. You know, we can't right. we can't get things done. Can you, you know, will you allow us this this one time? Yeah. You know, it's got to That be, could be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that because you don't want you yeah. don't want your company's reputation to be tarnished based on a mistake right. or a lack of planning. And you know what? If it's a lack of planning. Go to confession and say, yep, sorry. <laughs> Messed so, it up. So that leads me into my next idea of, of then how do you handle employees that have that firefighting mentality? I mean, you've got to, uh, you know, work with them to kind of help them see the light, well, so to speak. That's a development program. If, mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can figure it out, like I said earlier, on your weekly meetings that you have for projects. Now, we're talking basically, you know, Companies that do custom engineered and designed equipment, but you know it can be it can be you know moved to other other areas. I think service oriented oriented companies have the same issues. Sure. Yeah. So if you have if if you can recognize that one person is bringing these these uh, emergencies to the meeting each week, mm-hmm. and not coming up with a solution on how to prevent it the next time, right. you know then then that is a development opportunity for the leader of that group, the manager of the group to to help them along. And how are they going to help them along? Well, help them plan better, help them see, do a failure modes and effects analysis yeah. on on one or two specific jobs and say, see, if you just think about this up ahead, yeah. you know, ahead of time, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about losing two percent margin. You know, because a lot of people a lot of that, that's the other thing too. People think that if um, you know a mistake is made or something like that, well it's only two percent margin. Well two percent margin on every job you know, is two percent margin on your business? Yeah, two percent right? margin on a million dollar job. Well, that's that's, that's substantial. That's, yeah, or a hundred million dollars if you're a hundred million dollar company. So, uh-huh. um, you know, you you, you it's don't all relative. Give, that's right. You don't want to be giving that away. Uh huh. Um, so, is there ever a good time to have firefighting or to to deal with firefighting? You know, I think that we did bring up earlier. You know, that if if firefighting is coming from your customer. I think you can show that you're a company that can bend mm-hmm. a little bit, but even that's a little bit dangerous in my mind. Yeah. Um, it can be. It can be dangerous. I, I don't know if I would say good. I mean, nobody, no, nobody wants to 
do it in the normal course of business for sure. Have sure have firefighting. Yeah. Um, I, by saying by saying is it good? You know, sometimes it's exciting to get to get to get you know something out of the ordinary. See, that's where I brought up earlier those creative juices. Well, that's what know, that's what drives some of know, these and, people is and, the creative and side. And you do that. You do that as you you grow up in a company. You know, you don't mind staying there until midnight or through the night. Yeah, I've done that before. You stay through the night and get on a couple airplane, times. Get on an airplane in the next morning and go see the customer. You know, just because yeah. you, you've got what they want. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's fun. You don't want to make that a habit. Yeah. That, yeah, that is not a good habit to get into, no doubt. Um, so is there anything else you think we should uh, cover on firefighting? I think the salient points of, of this are try to recognize it, plan ahead, right, and, and then come up with a plan to, to redirect those folks mm-hmm. that like to firefight. And I go back to the, the comment that we brought up earlier create flow and try to do what you can to make it to where flow doesn't stop or happens easily. Flow happens. Flow happens. (laughs) (laughs) The commercial. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, So with that said, so what are your, what's your topic uh, pick for the week? Uh, My pick kind of on the same, the same topic of uh, whether you're creating flow or whatever, whatever your goal is. um, There's a book, uh, the Four Disciplines of Execution. It's it's a uh, it's a book in the Covey series. It's written by Chris McChesney and Sean Covey, and it talks about setting one at the most mm-hmm. goals. I shouldn't say one at the most. One, one two, to at, two, two at the most, but two yeah. two is ridiculous. You, mm-hmm. Of of the ultimate things that you need to do, and how do you how do you fulfill the objectives of reaching that goal? Mm-hmm. And then that and then that becomes then. The normal course of business. Right. So what you do is you take you take one goal that that you that is not in the normal course of business, okay, something like what we were talking about today, and then and then you you work it so that it does become the normal course of business by looking at leading indicators. Now we talked about leading indicators. We did, yeah, in our when, metrics. When we talked uh, about sections. metrics, mm-hmm. so this all it all kind of flows together. Mm-hmm. So so looking at leading indicators to see how you're going to get the group to achieve the goal that was set and have that become the normal course of business, the, the, the whirlwind that we, that we talked right. about. And I think the other part of the key part of that tool is, is the fact that you're trying to create alignment within the organization yes. from top to bottom. Yeah. My pick uh, this week is uh, a tool that I've started using again uh, after being out of it for several years, and that's uh, Autodesk Inventor. I used it back in 2010. You know, so it's been a while for me, and now they've got the 2016 version out, and it's quite a bit different. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's amazing what it can do. <laughs> yeah, you know, getting back into some of that is 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 fun because uh, it, it brings that artistic side, you know, that creative side I keep talking about, <laughs> yeah. brings that back up, and uh, just in, enjoying getting back into it and using using the tool. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm I'm trying to. Uh, make sure that we're using the tool appropriately uh, and that we're using it to its fullest extent because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of capabilities in there and we could be um, speeding up our processes if we used it to its its fullest extent. So, yeah, use the tools the way they're supposed to be. And, uh, and yeah, and using them 
across the board, you know, with you know bills of materials and and a good parts library and connectivity with other areas mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So oh, it's cool. just been enjoyable getting back into that tool, and I really do think Autodesk has a good line of of, of tools to help with with design, and you know that's where my you know, my foundation started out yeah. many, many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah. And so it's always fun to get back into sure. to drawing again. So very good. Uh, with that, that's the uh, end of our podcast. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Man Versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our other blogs. You can also drop us a line from the message page. Thank you and enjoy your holidays.